Hello, you're very welcome to episode 36, season two of the Two Hands on a Hurl podcast. Uh, I'm joined by uh, my old friend, Mr. TJ Mills. How's it going, TJ? Good, thanks, Robbie, and yourself? Ah, yeah, sure. Not too bad. Any crack? Uh, yeah, no, interesting weekend. We're chatting off air there, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, disappointed for Mayo and the football and disappointed for the Kilkenny Intermediate Camogie team yesterday, but... Um, Liverpool won yesterday, so it kind of finished off slightly better. Finished off to a good weekend. And yeah. we're going to introduce a special guest now. Uh, some people will call him uh, a footballer in Egypt. Uh, it's uh, Mr. Stevie Cal. How's it going, Steve? How are you, lads? How are you getting on? Nice to uh, join your podcast here this morning. Just heard episode 36. That's, that's some going for a play to you. That's a, a lot of episodes, isn't it? That's a lot, lot of shy talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, a, that's a big achievement. Well done. Fair play. So uh, just tell us a bit about yourself there, Stevie, for people who mightn't be uh, aware of you. Yeah, I, I live in um, Hogan'stown. It's in Kilkenny, obviously, and um, Parish of Carrick Shock, like like yourselves, I'd imagine. Yeah, the two of you. Yeah, anyway. definitely. <laughs> big old parish, isn't it? The way it's spread out, the big old parish. Uh, yeah, I'm married to Claire. We have three boys. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I have a nursing background, so mental health. I work in uh, the Kilkenny Mental Health Services. So that's the, the day job. And uh, like you just mentioned there, yeah, I, I would have uh, done a little bit of online sketches and stuff as well. Um, so that's it. Yeah, that's me. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Um, so we'll kick off, guys. We'll go on with the uh, with the GA to, to get going. So, uh, TJ, what do you think of the, the All-Ireland football final there? Yeah, it's just more misery for Mayo. Um, it's just Groundhog Day um, each year. Um, they just can't seem to handle the favourites tag and Tyrone just came in and stole their thunder. Um and great credit to Tyrone being honest, they would have been question marks over, say, the COVID case and the recording of that up there. But I mean to bounce back the way they did after being decimated by Kerry and Killarney earlier on in the league, conceding six goals to go on win dollar and title and be carrying the semi final. It's um, some achievement and uh, yeah, it's just back to the drawing board again with Mayo. I mean, I know James Horns after kind of developing a young young team there, but um, it's just year after year. It isn't a situation you can say that oh, they just needed to lose one to kind of um, win one. Lose back seven again. for Aidan O'Shea. Exactly. I mean, it's two in a row now, so... I don't know. There must be something there. Um, there's talks of a curse there. I mean, they definitely must be something voodoo dolls or something against them because you can't be that unlucky. Like, And they had the chances in the game. Uh, I don't know if you know much about the, the curse with Mayo, uh, Stevie, but there's a curse that they'll, they'll never win the All-Ireland uh, unless all the team that were who won the last order under debt. Uh, do you think that's a lot of pressure to put on uh, two 90-year-old men uh, at this stage of their lives? Are they feel, are they going to be feeling a lot of pressure when uh, Mayo lose all these games? Yeah, I, I did. I read up a little bit about the course a few years ago, all right, when uh, they were in one of the other, to, to Dublin, I think they lost. And um, it was with a funeral, was it? They didn't stand still or something at a funeral and a priest that was um, there kind of cursed the whole team. Was that it? They were in a, a cart yeah. or a horse and yeah, car. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Sort of, some sort of a... Uh, they were passing and rather than stand still and show their respect, I think they kept going and then and that course was placed on them. But uh, yeah, I don't know about the course. I don't know. I don't know. And, and again, the two boys that are alive, I'm sure, yeah, there must be a little bit of pressure on them. But 
it'd just be a case if they're not good enough, you know, instead of unlucky. Um, I know that might be a popular opinion, but uh, obviously Tyrone obviously had their homework done and we may all thought this is all they have to do is turn up because it's not Dublin in the final. And, um, you know, I had one eye on it. I was talking, I had one eye on the game. You know, I was watching other things as well, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know where to just not on the day. Not good enough on the day. Uh, what do you think, um, TJ, about uh, the template for Tyrone, maybe for Kilkenny, that um, Tyrone got rid of a very successful manager, uh, Mickey Harsh, and now the, with a new man in the draft are getting over the line. Um, do you think that could be a template for possibly Kilkenny, maybe if they were to move on possibly from Brian Cody and get someone else in? And obviously, you know, to be stated, Mickey Harsh and uh, Cody are two of the greatest managers of all time. But do you think that could be something that um, Kilkenny could do. You're not going to hook me in with that, Robbie. I'm not going to make my... You're doing it for a year now. And PJ I'm has been avoiding this in. question for all the time. It's not going to happen. Do you think it could be a good idea, TJ, though? That's the only thing I'm asking. I mean, I know, I'm all joking aside, I mean, Mickey Hart didn't want to go. He wanted the term extended up. And, I mean, Tyrone are after being vindicated in their decision now. Um I mean, sometimes you need to freshen things up. I mean, another example would have been Sean Bylan in, in, with Meat. Now, I know Meat didn't win an All-Earned since, but still they felt they had to freshen things up. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's very hard, no matter what. I mean, when you have such a successful manager, they have to leave on their own terms. And for a county board to push someone out, it, it it's a very tough decision. And, I mean... It showed Mickey Hart wasn't ready to go when he took up the reins in Laut, um, and had a bit of success there. I mean, there it's a very early stages, but um, yeah, if you're to be honest, I'm not going to make any views on Brian Cody because it, it will always be Brian's Brian's decision what to do, and I know the county board well, and they won't, um do anything only respect that and um, sometimes a new voice uh, can be helpful in the dressing room but Brian Cody's after showing year after year how he's after able to rebuild a team and sometimes you could say out and not and he's able to get one or two players every year and um, if if Brian Cody wants to continue I mean you can't write off Kilkenny being really competitive again next year I mean there'd be a question mark if a new manager goes in there the likes of Eddie Brennan or Henry Shefflin would they be able to do anything differently maybe it's a thing that we have to look at getting back success at underage um, we need to start winning minor and under 20s and once we start doing that maybe it'd be something but um, yeah that I, I wouldn't be determined in Brian Cody's future anyway. So pure, uh, you should maybe move into politics, uh, TJ, the way you're answering <laughs> that question. I think uh, you could teach uh, some of the guys in the doll uh, ways of getting out of tricky situations there. <laughs> I have too much respect for the man and after interviewing him I, a good few times, yeah, I, I, I definitely won't question Brian Cody's character anyway. Definitely not. And did you catch the, either of you catch the Camogie final? Uh, on yesterday, or the Kukumogi finals, I should say yesterday, just watch them? Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, three good games now. I won't lie, I missed uh, a good bit of the junior game. Um, I was out walking, and um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great victory for Wexford. That would be um, the Wexford intermediate team from a couple of years ago when the seniors were relegated and they had to drop back to junior. And Armagh would be one of the stalwarts there around the junior ranks or always there, thereabouts. And, I mean, it was 1-11 apiece going into the final few minutes and Wexford were able to dig deep and won be three points, uh, 1-14 to 1-11. Um, the intermediate... Antrim were just awesome, being honest. Um, as I was saying, really disappointed for the girls about working with um a good lot of the players with minor and previously with intermediate and that, and it did just came up against a uh, a better team in Antrim. They made a real good account of themselves. The goal that um Spoke Crowley, Sarah Crowley got, was unbelievable, and Sophie O'Dwyer um from a free as well but just came up short the the scoreline as tough as it is 221 to 213 being honest it was kind of um it's kind of justified with the the second half performance that Antrim put in but um Kilkenny have a lot to build on and it's a really young side um the senior yeah I mean Galway Galway were hit with a goal by Cork, uh, one eleven to eleven points with about ten minutes to go. Last year they lost the All Ireland final to Kilkenny by conceding a late goal from Denise Gall. They weren't going to be caught yesterday, and great credit to Galway. I mean, Cottle Murray, there was a few question marks. Um, after last year they lost the league final as well, but they showed in the championship when they beat Kilkenny and Callan, their intentions and. Uh, yeah, I mean, great credit to him there. Cork, with the players they're after losing, it was a great achievement by Paddy Murray. He's a shrewd man. He, he'd be disappointed with losing yesterday, but he knows that he's building for the next few years. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be one hell of a championship next year. Kilkenny hoping to bounce back. Cork disappointed and Galway reigning champions. And you never know, Antrim might cause a few shocks next year as well because they have a good template there. And did you catch the match, uh, Stevie, or were you watching the uh, Premier League yesterday? Or? I was watching Premier League, but I did see a little bit of it as well. I saw the highlights, and um, I just heard there this morning, it was Galway's, was it fourth All-Ireland, is that correct? Their fourth Camogie, All-Ireland? I'm not sure. Yeah. No, TJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, their, it's two and three year. They, their very first one was 1996, so to win what they've done is some achievement. Like, um, And I know that Camogie obviously hasn't been going as long as the Hurland, but uh, they only have five All-Irelands in the Hurland, I think, Galway. So, like, for a, a traditional county like theirs that are, you know, they're always there, thereabouts every year round. I was kind of surprised with the, the low return of um, All-Irelands that they had, especially in the Hurland, because um, what's the Hurland been going since the 1800s? The All-Irelands? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only a five for a, a county like theirs, which is a steep in tradition, obviously, and they're always there, thereabouts every year. We just suppose they're one of the big six or seven out in the hurling every year. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have more, to be honest with you. Um, and obviously the, in the, in the hurling this year with Joe Cannon walking away as well. So um, I don't know, have they a new manager on the, on the way as well? Yeah, there are talks actually the Galway Camogie managers in the run in there, uh, Michal Donahue that one doll earned in twenty seventeen is meant to be in the running and there's rumour that Davy Fitz may make an appearance up there. Now being honest, if Galway go for an outside manager I'd be very surprised after the time Gerlock Nan went up there, didn't finish that awful great. But um yeah, it's uh, Michal Donahue are 
I think Cahill Murray, if if the Camogie aren't able to keep him there, it'd be two fair appointments now, being honest. What's your, what's your stance on Davy Fitz? Uh, would you believe I got to the Carrick Shock fundraiser um, a couple of years ago in the Hotel Kilkenny? I was chatting to him a good bit that night and that changed me impression. I won't lie to you. Any other time I would have, say, bumping into him, it'd be in Semple Stadium. You'd be heading down the dressing rooms after a commo- uh, after Kilkenny. You'd be playing Camogie or that. And he, he, he'd be a different character kind of way. He'd be yeah. buoyed up for the match and that. But chatting to him the night in Hotel Kilkenny, he came across as a gentleman, being honest, a sound lad. Sound lad, sound lad, yeah, but the, he's wrecked for the last few years. I know, I know they got a Leinster, but how much money went into that, you know, allegedly? To, to, and the return was one Leinster title. Like his last two years, there were four championship games, four losses. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know it's, it's a, uh, on, your, on your investment, is it? If, if it is that much money um, switching hands, allegedly, I'm not saying there was, allegedly. <laughs> Brown envelopes going left, right, and center. And just. Back on Brian Cody, because uh, I, I don't care. I've interviewed Brian Cody as well. He was a teacher in school where, when I was growing up and, as well. But uh, I think it's time for him to take a walk, to be honest with you. Um, you know, um, not, not, not an educated opinion, but I just think he, uh, his legacy is intact. It's never going to be touched. No one's ever going to get near the record he has. And um, fair play, you know, everything he's done. But I think it's time to move on. I think Ireland has moved on. Tactics have moved on. And uh, you mentioned the name there. I'd love to see Eddie Brennan in, to be honest with you. I'd love to see Eddie Brennan in and... Uh, you know, maybe a few uh, defensive coaches as well, just to kind of get that back on track because there seems to be, um, it's all about the sports science now, isn't it? And stuff like that and technique and, and, and the speed. If you look at Limerick, and I know they have JP money down there and all that, but the sports science is the big thing at the moment. And if you look at, uh, I think they have a full-time guy, you have that from, uh, he's, he's on LinkedIn there. I came across him one day. His full-time role is with the Limerick hurling team. Um, and... Uh, Obviously, yeah. you, you can see the results they're getting. So, I, I think it's time for new blood in the Kilkenny camp and new tactics. And uh, yeah, that's my opinion on, on Brian. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, a hurling uh, manager merry-go-round uh, and football merry-go-round over the over the winter. So we kind of we'll watch and see what happens, who stays on, who's retires, and stuff like that. Uh, cool guys, we'll move on. We'll go on to um, our picks of the week there. So, um, do you have any picks for me this week, Teach? Yeah, I know, and um, one thing that I would have been looking at over the past few weeks, and especially over lockdown as well, is the Fuppin' Egypt's videos, and Stevie has me in hysterics laughing at uh, tweets as well on Twitter, so uh, definitely check them out. I'm not just saying it, they're, they're actually, the tweets are just hilarious, so fair play, Stevie. Um yeah, there's a couple of things. It's kind of strange. You know, I can go down a YouTube wormhole and maybe this is a well-known band, but it would have been the first time I would have heard of hearing of them. It's an American rock band, Steel Panther. Um, and yeah, I'm listening to a good lot of their tracks. How I came across them was uh, the wormhole of bands bring fans up on stage and kind of outshining the main band themselves so either playing guitar or drums but when they have a song called asian hooker Dettle tall but metal and community property they're they're actually they're really good they don't kind of give a shit what they have in their lyrics but uh yeah no they're definitely worth uh checking out and listening to a good lot of the foo fighters as well i wouldn't have been a big fan 
uh, being honest, but um, the YouTube wormhole came up and Dave Gruel seems a, a real character now. So uh, they're what I'm looking and another yoke on YouTube as well. And I don't know how I came across these is, do you know, the latest trend with best man speeches, they're kind of videos now. Uh, I'm coming across a good few of them and laughing my arse off at them. So that's my weird top picks this week anyway. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've actually seen a few fighters there uh, pre-pandemic there in uh, the RDS and they were they're pretty awesome. But we got stuck behind the the big screen in the middle of the, the crowd, if you know what I mean. So, cause, uh, my, uh, partner, she's quite a short woman. So if we were to kind of get any closer, we would have just been behind. It was either, you know, be behind someone who's like really tall and her not see anything or look at the big screen. So, uh, not quite the same as being like up the front or whatever. Uh, but yeah, they were really good. Have you any, uh, topics for, for us this week, uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, the Foo Fighters, actually, like, they're, they're good. Yeah, they're a good band, and um, I was just actually looking there lately again. The, the, they're old, his old band, Rolls Old Band uh, Nirvana, they're in a little bit of uh, legal trouble out at the moment. The, the little baby from Nevermind is not a baby anymore, obviously. He's, he's yeah. old, uh, decided to take him to the courts, um, even though he milked it for X amount of years. I don't know, what is it, 20 something years? He milked yeah, it. Yeah, and he was actually doing like loads of like, re- he recreated the photo like a good few times over the years. Uh, but now he's suing them, so he must be on hard times, maybe. Uh, but for bandwise, the, the, the DNAs, I love them. They're, uh, I've been listening to a lot of them lately. They're very, very good. They're uh, an Australian three-piece outfit. They're, um, the, the lead singer just has an incredible voice. He wears the kind of like Burberry hats. He looks like, you know, you know, if you think about the streets uh, back in the day, Mike Skinner and that kind of a, a look. He looks, They look like that, but they have an incredible sound. And um, yeah, that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. They're very good. Yeah, cool, good stuff. Um, yeah, just for me this week, I was I just um, followed a guy on Instagram. There, it's um, the Irish NFL uh, podcast. So, uh, people who listen to the podcast before know I'm a big uh, NFL fan. So, um, yeah, I decided to check these guys out, and they had some uh, yeah some good stuff. So, uh, if you're following along with the NFL and you're a, an Irish American football fan, there'd be a, there'd be a good one to uh, to check out. Cool guys, so we'll move on. So we'll go on to uh, some Premier League. Uh, so Stevie, you were telling us you're a, a Chelsea fan, long long living uh, Chelsea fan. So uh, yeah. what do you think of their the game the weekend and their, your expectations for them for the coming season? Yeah, I'm a long-suffering Chelsea fan before, as I was saying, before the, the, the decent money came in with Mr. Abramovich. But um, yeah, they're, they're obviously, uh, I think they're title contenders this year. I wouldn't have said it the last few years. And um, I think this year is different. Uh, Lukaku is going to make a big difference up front. He, uh, again, they sold 90-odd million worth of uh, players to, to purchase him. He was 110 million or whatever euros from uh, Inter Milan. Um, again, he got, he got two... To- I, I can't remember any other good chances at the weekend. He got two chances and finished the two chances. You know, so um, signing a good striker, I suppose. Uh, one was with his left foot into the top corner. It was a great goal, actually. Um yeah, I think uh, I think Chelsea United. I think the top four at the moment, the way they're sitting at the moment, Chelsea United, Liverpool City. I think they're going to be the four challengers. I don't. I actually have a feeling the top four might even change between now and the end of the season, which would be a little bit crazy when you think of past previous seasons. Leicester are going thereabouts. Spurs they had the first three, but like Spurs are going to do Spurs, and they? they're going to fall apart eventually. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. Personal in a relegation battle until the weekend. They had a, a, a one 0 victory, but uh, again they just have no. It's like Arsenal of old. They just don't have any fight in them. There's no spirit. 
Um, there just seem to be, you know, a lot of individuals are not really a team this year. Uh, yeah, I think City, it's interesting with City that they didn't get their striker. Uh, obviously, they have Jesus up front as well, but like they, they lost Aguero and um, I think they put all their eggs in one basket, you know, that Harry Kane was going to be a Man City player by the end of the transfer window. Uh, they kind of missed out on Messi, uh, who again, I'd be a little bit disappointed with. He went to play in a, in a farm, a street league in France rather than challenge himself in the Premier League. It's actually lately, the, the French League dropped out of the top five most competitive leagues in the world lately. It's now number six. The Portuguese League has overtaken it. You know, in terms yeah. of, yeah, it was, it was, it's a poor league. So again, hats off to Cristiano Ronaldo for coming back at his age to challenge in the Premier League because you know you're going to be found out if you're not up at the uh, the, the high demands as was of playing week in week out in the Premier League. So uh, yeah, my four four horse race I think is going to be Liverpool, City, United, and Chelsea. Yeah. And what do you think of uh, Ronaldo coming back, uh, TJ? Absolutely delighted because me gamble uh, took off for the fancy Premier League anyway. I traded in Fernandes and brought in Ronaldo and yeah, I made a nice few points actually. Uh, but all joking aside, yeah, I mean... I think you're it, only four I, points ahead of me now, TJ, in fancy though. Catching I, know, up I know, yeah, but I, I dropped a heap of points because I panic. I start transferring players. So I dropped about twenty points. So <laughs> um I know it's it's uh, all up for run, but uh yeah, no, I mean I'd agree with what C V said there. You'd expect Messi, one of the best players in the world, wanting to test himself in one of the best leagues in the world. So great credit to Ronaldo there and do you know what? Man United it could be Alex Ferguson was a a big influence with Ronaldo coming back and they purchased them for 15 million with they'd be extras on top of that and they'd be very close to win the Premier League um, if there's another manager there I think they would would be over the line before now but um, yeah it's I, I can't disagree I, I think it'd be City Man United Liverpool Chelsea fighting it out now um, hopefully Liverpool I think Liverpool need to make a signing in January. We just can't we we can't continue the way we're going. We need to open up the purse strings, but it seems the redevelopment of Anfield is the main focus at the moment. But still we're competitive now. But uh yeah, I hate saying it, but I think Man United be very close to winning it this year. Sorry, the big thing for Man United, and, I, and again, I haven't seen it anywhere yet, is is when the January transfer window opens. Um, you know, you're going to be a lot. A lot of players are going to look at. I'd like to play with Ronaldo. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. I'd like to play with Ronaldo. The pulling power he's going to have would be unbelievable. And um, I think United are going to strengthen in January, which is kind of scary because they're already, you know, they're they're doing very well at the moment. They've they've a great start. They're, you know, they're. Um, I, but again, like TJ said, I, Liverpool, I think, will have to go out and buy in January, I think, to stay in the title race. I don't think they're going to win it with, um, you know, all, all it needs is one, one injury and Liverpool can, you know, slide down, I think, fast. And City are going to go out and spend in January, no doubt. Uh, Chelsea, it depends on the injuries or whatever. Um, financial fair play has gone out the window, it's a joke. Like, nobody is adhering to it anymore. Nobody's even looking at it anymore. PSG made a skid at a whole lot of it. Like, there's no point in even saying they didn't. They turned down Real Madrid's money for Mbappe, which would yeah. got got him their their cash to you know to spend again, and now they're letting him walk at the end of this season for free. I know he's getting a big signing on fee, but like it it makes a skid of the whole thing. I don't think financial fair play exists anymore because um 
you know, Spooky obviously flew with the 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 with their fake sponsorship a few years ago, and uh, they're currently uh, they have another they have a small bit of legal going on at the moment as well. I think with um, financial fair play, they're trying to keep something under the the you know what from, from being exposed from being in the public, and um, I, I can't wait to see what that's uh, where where that's going ahead because I think the Premier League has gone bananas with spending that moment. I know Ronaldo came on a. You know, it wasn't big a big outlet start, but if you look at the, the salaries of all the clubs involved, the salaries are just astronomical. I don't think they can keep it up either. I think it's going. To, I think there's going to be a collapse, probably worldwide. It's not just going to be European football; it'll probably be worldwide. And uh, then we might uh, go back to maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe like what do you think, you're, Robbie? You're an NFL fan. You said with the drafts and all the way, or the the basketball in America as well. The way they do that, like, could you see that being uh, incorporated somewhere into the Premier League in the future? Yeah, well, I think like in the NFL, they they do like keep reasonably strict to the salary cap, if you know what I mean. So like there's a team there uh, in the offseason there, the New Orleans Saints, and they were 100 million over the salary cap for this year. So they had to cut cut 100 million uh, worth of uh, wages basically to, to get back into financial fair play. But there is kind of ways and means and round it, but it's not as blatant as in soccer where, you know, Man City were being thrown out of the Champions League and then essentially they just put more money in and buy themselves out of it. They kind of, you know, or they they can move the money around to make it look better and stuff like that. But um yeah, if they were to try and maybe be a little bit stricter in the Premier League, but you know, just such, you know, corruption in FIFA, you know, <laughs> is it ever gonna happen? I don't know if that it's ever gonna happen. Um do you think the likes of Liverpool and Spurs and Leicester and that can compete uh, against these uh billionaire owners, uh T J in going forward in the future. Maybe for the next few years they can, but in 10 years' time, will Liverpool be able to compete? Um, it's hard to know. I mean, like, Jurgen Klopp's still kind of a miracle worker in a sense. I, I mean, Liverpool have good, great players like the like Salah, Mane, Brendan Njoti, he's able to score. Um, but, like, Klopp's only going to be there till, what, 2024? And then that's what he's contracted for. And you'd be worrying after that. I mean... They have been managers there before and Liverpool was kind of a graveyard for players. I mean, you saw Robbie Keane coming in, didn't work out. Um, uh, Balotelli came in, didn't work out. I know they weren't much of a cash outlay, but that would be the worry that who will take over. I mean, you'd be hoping to be the likes of Steven Gerrard and you look at what Steven Gerrard's after doing with Rangers. But... um, I think I think Liverpool will need to change ownership of the club. Um, now, I understand soccer's gone mad and I agree completely with CV about fair play and all of that. And, um, but I, I can see it changing in the short term and that's why I think for Liverpool, and I, I mean, it is a really proud club, proud supporters. They, if they don't open up their pockets this year, you to be question marks about they're trying to get talks of Mbappe next summer on a free, which I can't see happening. Being honest, it's um just have to splash the cash responsibly. I mean, don't pay out ridiculous money for nothing. But yeah, we definitely have to do something. But yeah, I would I would worry in about seven years time if the current status continues because. You're going to see maybe Arab owners coming in, 
um, to another club in England. I don't know who, but you can see him coming in and that club could come up out of, say, nowhere like Man City. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you reckon, Stevie, with the uh, the Super League not going ahead, that we could be having uh, other knock-on effects uh, going forward, like in the Premier League and La Liga and stuff? Like you see, um, Real Madrid are almost banking on getting into the Super League and now they're in massive amount of debt and the same with Barcelona and that sort of stuff. And yeah. Do you reckon the whole Super League not going ahead, you know, could could change things, you know, going forward uh, in the next few years as well? Uh, I, I think the biggest uh, threat at the minute is probably the rise of the dodgy box, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, Sky Sports, BT Sports, the Discovery Channel, they got access to matches. Didn't they? I think Live Score, the app this year as well, Live Score has Champions League, every Champions League game is available for free on the Live Score app this year, which was a big um, coup for them. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Super League, first of all, why were Arsenal in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, look, uh, yeah, the Super League, the. Madrid and Barcelona obviously were banking on this going ahead and I think they're still banking on it. I think they're still saying it's going to happen on, uh, one way or another maybe under an, a new name or a different kind of a format but they're banking on it because they're so much in debt uh, the other clubs I suppose were jumping on board not to be left behind more so you know the English clubs don't need it really as much as uh, the, European, the other European clubs the Italian clubs are in a little bit of difficulty I think as well at the moment as one of the Milans are being sold um, I think at the moment as well it's kind of up for bidding nearly at the moment an auction nearly um, so uh, again yeah European football is not in a great place English football seems to be in a better place than most uh, the return of the fans obviously you're going to have a lot more income into the clubs like TJ just mentioned though if you get some other kind of a sheet just coming in for the crack throwing his cash uh, wherever he wants um, or she wants uh, it's probably going to be a he let's be honest the, yeah you want to have the, another club just you know fake fake, fake money like Man City and all of a sudden financial fair plays out the window and they're up winning Premier Leagues that's the way it's gone but again like I just said the, the dodgy box uh, I think a lot of people are sick of paying Sky Sports they're sick of paying BT they're sick of paying you know you need about four different subscriptions just to watch Premier League alone let alone Champions League or whatever so people can't afford it people don't want it and um, you know I think that kind of revenue that's been lost at the moment might eventually lead to some sort of a, you know a, a lowering of salaries at least if not transfer fees and a return to a more kind of I suppose uh, sustainable uh, football um, business like if you take it here at home, like League of Ireland, going to League of Ireland games, I always, you know, I think there uh, you see players that are not on a lot of money. Let's be honest; like some might be on five hundred a week, six hundred a week, which again, I'm not saying isn't a lot of money, but compared to to in other countries, it's not a lot for football. And they're kind of playing for the love of the club and for the love of the game. And uh, you see a lot of heart, you see a lot of uh, passion, and you see, uh, again, you see you see great football matches. You head down to the RSC on a Friday night, watch Waterford United take uh, part in the League of Ireland. You see some great teams, great players. And, um, you know, there's something a little bit more wholesome about watching it than I think football is getting boring with the money, to be honest with you. And that's why um, you know, I, I like local sport more than, than the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, it's almost becoming like a you know a FIFA career where you just go out and just buy you know buy the best players sort of thing, and you know you have like this super team sort of thing, and it does get a bit boring while watching all these superstars uh, playing together and stuff. Uh, cool guys, so we'll, we'll move on to our our next topic. So our next topic is um, the Celebrity Hell Week uh, started last week. I don't know if you've seen any of it or if you watched any of the previous uh, shows 
where they basically take, uh, I think it's like around 20 people uh, and they put them through uh, army ranger uh, training. So it's a really tough and intense training and they, uh, there's plenty of F-bombs being thrown around from the instructors very, very early doors. So just kind of, you know, if you were obviously maybe given a bit of training, guys, uh, do you think it's something that uh, you'd like to do? Or uh, you'd even last, uh, you'd last half the week. Or how do you think you'll you'll do, uh, TJ? I wouldn't be able to do it. I won't lie to you. I'd love to say, yeah, I'd go in and try it, but um, I I wouldn't be able to have someone roaring at me. It's it'd be as simple as that. Too fragile. Um, yeah, no, it's it, I just I, I I take it personal. I I won't lie to you, and you know exactly that it's. Like most of those lads, you could go down and have a pint with a right laugh at, but it's just the way they have to, if you're facing down, say, a Taliban or you're on peacekeeping and you're coming up against someone with an AK-47 or something, you have to be mentally tough and strong, like, um, like I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't be able to do it. I'd love to go in and say, yeah, try and challenge myself now, uh, but no. I I'd be gone after a half an hour. I it it take a lot, but I'd probably tell him to fuck off. <laughs> I won't <laughs> lie to you. So, uh, yeah, that I I genuinely wanted, and I I watched a bit of it, and fair play. I mean, there were no shit taken, and um, celebrities were really brought back down to hurt. Like, and uh, yeah, no, it's for a great cause, char- charities as well, but. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking to myself there, would it have been a bit like a Wexford training session with Davy Fitz? There was a fair few uh, F-bombs there. like, But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do it. I won't lie. I wouldn't bullshit. How about you, Stevie? Do you think it's something you'd like to test yourself with someday or something similar to it? Or I didn't see this show, but I, I would have seen previous um, seasons. I, I know the format of the show. Um, again, yeah, the physicality is unreal. I don't think I'd last the pace at all. Not, not at all. I've one, I've one good knee. The other one doesn't work. So I can't even the run and swimming. Yeah, heights. I, I'm not afraid of heights. Could do a bit of swimming or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't think I'd last. And like TJ uh, mentioned there as well, all the shouting and the amateur dramatics from the uh, what, what are they called? Drill coaches or drill sergeants? Drill sergeants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't be having that. I'd be too sar- too sarcastic. I wouldn't be able to, to listen to them. I'd have to answer that. Jeez, I, I, I'd end up getting hell and, yeah, uh, being put out. And, and again, I don't know, it, it, it does, does it toughen people up. I suppose there's probably research on it and it seems to be kind of a copied behaviour from our uh, American friends and, and uh, American army, I suppose. That's a, where it probably originated, was it? Or somewhere? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But again, it seems to be kind of a culture thing and leave it where it is. Like, it's Reminded of, of, of yeah, like like TJ said again, GA and shouting at lads on a pitch, and like oh, it doesn't help, you know. Try a bit, bit more positive. What about yourself, Robbie? Would you be into it? Uh, yeah, I think I kind of like to test myself to do it. Now, I'm not saying I'd be able to to compete or be able to go far into it, but I just I would like to see maybe you know how far I would go with it. You know the way. Um, but yeah, like I, I do agree with what you're saying, like with the whole. Like there's probably better ways to get results out of lads than shouting at them and, and you know calling them like motherfuckers and all this sort of stuff. But you know I don't know where it originated either. But it's obviously been kind of uh, literally drilled in over the years. That's uh, probably what they call them, drill sergeants. That this is this is the way that you kind of break guys down and you remold them. Um, but yeah, with all the things that are going with you know sports psychology and sports science and all that sort of stuff, um, there is probably better ways. But uh, 
think the army guys just sticking to the uh, the old school. I do I do really enjoy the show though. Um, just seeing the absolute shite they have to go through, and there was one um, last year where they had to they were they were blindfolded and then they were thrown in a river and they were under, I think their hands are bound as well. So it's just kind of, you know, how would you react in that situation, you know, and uh, how far would you get um, before you get fucked off the course uh, or before you kind of uh, get into a fight with one of the instructor guys or something like that. So it's just interesting to see anyway. So um, yeah, I I didn't see the first episode of the the celebrity one. uh, So I don't know even who's in it, if there's any real celebrities or anything like that. They're usually... (laughs) questionable uh, celebrity tag for a lot of people going in there um but yeah to, just to see the how they react and stuff would be really good um so we'll move on guys we'll go on to uh, our world sports roundup so have you got, got anthony for the for the roundup this week tj yeah there's um a ladies rugby qualifier taking place today ireland versus spain to qualify for the next world cup um I'm actually disappointed to say it's not on television. I thought they should be coverage, um, especially after the success that the Irish ladies uh, international team had over the past few years. But it's on World Rugby um, social media channels and also on YouTube as well. That's on at five o'clock today and it should be a cracker of a game. You'd expect Ireland to come through easy enough now, but... um, yeah, it'd be definitely worth checking out. Now, this one, I only heard of it um, this morning, actually, and I think it's shocking. It's to do with uh, Irish ladies rugby as well. But um, over the weekend, Connacht played Ulster in Donnybrook in um, Interprovincial, and the facilities that was made available for the players was meant to have been terrible. Um was temporary changing rooms in a derelict area the stadium and there were bins from the stadium around and there were also meant to be rats um seen around the changing area as well now being involved with camogie over the past few year um to see the the difference between what's made available to say men's teams and female teams i traveled with a team down to clare a few year ago and the girls had to change in dress they wanted us to change in a dressing room that was a storeroom with lawnmowers and everything like that in it and we told them no way now they did make dressing rooms available towards the split dressing room but um the smell out from was terrible but uh yeah it's to see that was what seven year ago nearly well about about five six seven year anyway and see that happening with a semi-professional side over the weekend i think leaves a lot to be desired and i'd hope the irfu will learn lessons from it and other sports as well uh female sports to try and bring power to you saw what happened with the ladies soccer team the men's soccer team took a pay cut so the female side could get an equal wage so you'd be hoping that IRFU will take a stance that way as well in other sports as well to have it as close as possible to their male counterparts. Yeah, very, very well said, TJ. Can't argue with any of that. Um, and any of uh, any other sports you're interested in, CV or anything else you want to add into the roundup there? Uh, yeah, what caught my eye this weekend, I suppose, was uh, the Verstappen and Hamilton in the F1. The Grand Prix. I wouldn't be a big fan, but my one of my kids, Dara, is big into it, and he'd be kind of following all what's going on. And obviously, there's a lot of rivalry there over the last um, while between these two drivers. But there was a crash, 
and um, I don't know whether you saw it, but the the Verstappen's car kind of rolled over Hamilton's car, and again it was by I don't know how the look of whatever he just wasn't killed. He had the, the roll bar and whatever kind of uh, protection to have on those F1 cars. It stopped him getting crushed, but uh, <laughs> Verstappen got out of his vehicle and just walked past, didn't even look at him. And um, you know, it's obviously <laughs> as was it's it's interesting, but uh, this this is probably their second or third crash this year. Is it alone that they've had gone into each other? I think I could be wrong. I think they had a, a previous one there lately as well. So again, that rivalry is uh, the F1 documentary on uh, Netflix. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's very, very good. And um, it, it would have been something that I would have, uh, during lockdown, got stuck into. And I suppose it gives you a greater appreciation for the sport and what, what what's involved. And you get really um, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to the drivers, which uh, I was surprised at, you know, because... Um, you know, there it's no holds barred when it comes to uh, speaking about other drivers and, and being pursued by other teams or whatever. So, yeah, that'd be my pick for other sports. Yeah, it's a good one. Actually, I seen there was a crash. I didn't. I didn't actually see the crash afterwards. Uh, but yeah, I think they had a crash a few uh, weeks ago as well. And it's you know, obviously a very dangerous sport and could very easily uh, come off badly. So, uh, hopefully, there's no more crashes in the in the F1 for the the rest of the season there. Uh, just for myself, the NFL season uh, kicked back into gear and uh, full lot, lot of games there, there yesterday. So some surprising results. Um, just the Green Bay Packers would be a favourite for the Super Bowl. They, they got um, absolutely annihilated yesterday. They only scored uh, one field goal and uh, they got bet by 35 points. So that was a big one. And then the, probably the game of the weekend was the Chiefs and the Browns. Uh, last night there are two Super Bowl favourites as well and they went toe-to-toe and um, the Browns were kind of looking really good for, for the longest time in the game looking like they had it sewn up and then the punter made an absolute balls he was trying to kick the ball downfield and he made an absolute balls at the snap and uh, that was the end of the Browns so uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs march on with, it with, a, with a good record in that one so uh, yeah NFL coming back and then Shane Larry he got picked for the uh, the Ryder Cup team, so he I think he fell out of the automatic places to go on the Ryder Cup team, and then uh, he got added in uh, by a Porrick Harrington, so Irish connection there. So great to see uh, Shane Larry um, going out doing the get on the Ryder Cup team. So uh, would you follow the golf doll TV or? Uh, yeah, hey, I, I'd, I'd keep an, an eye on it, all right. I wouldn't mind. I'd still play it on a Sunday night if there was um, something interesting on it. If there was a good uh, uh, tournament on, especially if you have a bit of an Irish interest in it, you definitely would. And um, yeah, I've seen Shane Lowry, saw them uh, that he got picked there as well, which is great for him. Um, he's, I think, he's only 34, 35, is he? He's young enough, like he's not, he's not. Yeah. Uh, so again, he's a good few years ahead of him. Hopefully, this is, uh, you know, propel him on to, to do better things. But just to go back on what TJ was saying about the. Uh, the the parity in the women's sport and the camogie it's interesting because I remember watching an All Ireland Kilkenny were in against Cork maybe Jesus could be five or six years ago and suddenly uh, a couple of minutes into it in the commentary and um, he said uh, and this is the first year ever that the the ladies pitchers are in the mag in the program I was thinking like what? kind of a backwards you know like they don't they don't help themselves by you know stuff like that like why 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 wasn't there any pitchers in programs the year before or why wasn't there parity and again you know again tj you're you're the expert here i wouldn't have a, any kind of um i suppose an educated view on it but why doesn't the ga just say look here come on, ladies gaelic and camogie come on in we're all together now it's one sport you know let's just get it over and done with like eventually it's going to happen i'd imagine 
So why not just speed it up and let it happen? And, you know, then there will be sharing of ground, sharing of dressing room, sharing of funding, sharing of, you know, of everything like that. So again, I don't know, TJ, you might have a little bit more insight into why that's not happening at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, I, I'd agree completely with you. I mean, I would have been involved at nearly every level from club to county board and got in train teams and all that. So I see it from, I, I, I experienced it in a few years from every level. Um, the biggest issue is the organisations themselves. It's as simple as that. There's a dispute seem to be just going on, even though in, they're in the same building up in Croke Park between the Ladies Football and the Camogie Association. And I think integration with the GA is the only option because there's clashes every year with um, dual players having to play. There's a player what are working with when I was up in Offaly, Gran Egan. And um, she played a football match this Saturday and went out, played with uh, the Camogie team. Sorry, played with the Camogie team Saturday and went out playing football with the county on the Sunday. And that's, I mean, an awful lot of people don't agree with dual players. I do. I think it's great if you're able to represent the county. But there should be some sort of arrangement made that they, they're all... T- all t- or alternative weekends or something. I mean, it it was an improvement this year because there were times that I heard the Cork players having to play camogie early in the afternoon and then go out play a football match later that evening. Um, like the there are serious issues go on with, within the the higher ranks at organisation and yeah, it's just. It's just frustrating. I won't lie to you. It really is. Um, when I was involved, there were opportunities to get games in quality pitches, and it just wouldn't wouldn't take place. And that's no matter what team I was with. And uh, yeah, it's it, it, for the future and for proper parity. I mean, I remember years ago, players wouldn't even get expenses for traveling. Um, now, since the GPA came in, thank God that's after being dealt with a good bit. But you had players traveling from maybe Cork, Dublin, down for training and they weren't getting anything. And I know being involved myself, I never, never once ever wanted expenses for ever being involved. I, I think it's an amateur thing, but I know exactly the expense that it can be traveling from one part of the country to another or parts of counties or even challenge games or that it's heading into the thousands of euro and um i mean it's one thing for management but for players i think they should be treated fairly and thank god it's heading a bit that direction but the facilities that are made available at times can leave a lot to be desired and that's where you'd hope to be further integration and i mean double headers um, that I would have been involved with, especially, say, league finals with Kilkenny Hurlers being involved and the Kilkenny Camogie team was great because players were being exposed to 30,000, 40,000 in a final where if you had a league match in a club grind, you'd be lucky to have a couple of hundred. Like, So it's things like that I'd like to see going forward, being honest. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully uh, there seems to be a good awakening of people to with female sport in general at the minute and hopefully it's the thing that kind of keeps on uh, keeps on going and hopefully it's just a thing of the past very soon and we're just talking about everyone having equal opportunity and equal facilities and equal support and uh, 
yeah, really the GA should just GA ladies football camogie should just uh, unite under one banner and uh, I'll go from there. Cool guys. So we'll move on to our, our next topic. So this was uh, brought on by a post I seen on Instagram during the week. It was that um, a solar flare or a solar storm uh, could potentially knock out the world's uh, internet. Um, so I just wanted to ask you is, um, do you think the kind of world would go crazy if we had no internet for a few weeks? Uh, would we go into complete meltdown? Um, or would it be, you know, almost a, a godsend where you're kind of, um, you're blessed not having the access to the internet and you're kind of going back a bit more old school with stuff and you have less distractions. You don't have the notifications going off all the whole time. So uh, what do you think of that, Stevie? Do you think it would be uh, a better place for at least a while? Or do you think the world would go a bit crazy without uh, Instagram and TikTok and all them. So we'd, we'd all be North Koreans, wouldn't we? We had no internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it's like. But I, I, again, there'd be chaos for the first few days with hospitals and, you know, and all that. And that's obviously, you know, because we, we're, we now live in that kind of world that we created and we, we rely on the internet. Social media, you know, again, because uh, I got rid of my Instagram, I couldn't stick it anymore. I fucking was sick to the teeth of. Uh, selfies and uh, these fucking a lot of women especially and again I'm not sexist saying that but there was a lot of women um, doing these so-called comedy videos where they just mime along to a line from a movie or a, a, a TV show and like they were getting heavily met up and these ring lights and everything just to do these one lines and I was like, what the fuck is this shit about? This is not comedy. You know, again, hey, there's different forms of comedy. I get it. And, you know, not every form of comedy is for everybody, but uh, couldn't stick it anymore. So social media thing, I would definitely happily live without it for a few days or a few weeks and see what it'd be like. But again, it's the world we now live in and uh, people expect, you know, that they, they are able to connect with other people. Uh, like everybody's the same. I'm sure you tell your kids about like going into extra vision and renting videotapes and they're looking at you going, what are you talking about? And you're saying, no, you had to like, we had to like get tapes, you know, and bring them home. And, uh, you know, everybody had the video rent that the video man that called to their street uh, you know where you bought the tapes off him and uh, you got him for a week or whatever it was and he'd call back the next week and you'd have to rent more tapes off him uh, again kids were out more I think to be honest with you and I think this pandemic if anything has, has taught us that because I'm involved a little bit of coaching with uh, kids football or whatever and um, again not not it's been specific to any group but like there was kids coming back from the last pandemic who just sat and watched screens and done nothing else and you could tell that it was just you know youtube um a screen tie like school was was all done over zoom again i don't know if you, your own kids were my, my kids had zoom the whole time yeah um or microsoft whatever they were using and um, everything was done via a laptop and a computer and screen tablet and um geez i think it was just too much on them and their, their brains were developing because um they were going around like zombies for a lot of the time and again like none of, none of us had tablets or computers or laptops when we were small it was get on your bike and cycle to your mate's house knock on the door see if he's coming out to play or whatever see if he's yeah in a tree you're doing something but you're getting out of the house and um, you're not stuck on a screen so again I think there's positives 
Uh, obviously, the, the positives are, you know, the, the internet as well, you know, a lot of life saving stuff and, and, you know, we need it, um, which is great. But the, the negatives as well, I, I think we could all do it a little bit of uh, down screen time and down internet time for a little bit during the week. And it's uh, probably, you know, it, it, there's, there's obviously there's a lot of counseling. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, therapies out there at the moment for internet addiction and, and Facebook and whatever that people have, um, unfortunately. But the big companies would be gone, the likes of Facebook, Google, Amazon, they'd all just be wiped out if we had no internet in the morning, which would be interesting as well because, you know, they're probably the biggest companies that we know of at the moment. They're all internet based. So that's the world we live in. Yeah. Um, go without it for a while, but don't lose it altogether. That'd be my thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And what about you, TJ? What do you think would happen if there was uh, no internet for a couple of weeks? Would you be happy or would you be uh, devastated or do you think the world would go into a bit of chaos? Yeah, like, I, I'd agree with what Stevie said there. I mean, you'd be concerned about, say, the likes of the hospitals and treat and treatments or facilities that would be dependent on it like that. You see the cyber attack that took place on the HSE and we're still dealing with the chaos of it. Um, so you'd be concerned about that way that being Ireland, there probably wouldn't be a plan B if something like that happened as the cyber attack, like I saying, shown. Personally, yeah, you'd miss it for the first couple of days, but do you know what? It could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, I was ready to fire my phone away last night. There were so many notifications coming in through WhatsApp. I mean, you're different groups and everything, and it's just every second the phone's beeping, and um, you're just thinking you'd love to go back to the days of the Nokia 3210 that all you had was... Um, trying to type up messages, funny messages and that or uh, doing up ringtones or even playing Snake. I think there are simpler times and you know what, I welcome them back. Um, and yeah, we're just gone. We're gone to an age now that everything's online. I mean, you could pass someone walking on the street and they wouldn't know you, but yet to be liking every post you put up on Twitter or Facebook. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think the human touch is after going away. And do you know what? A couple of weeks without the internet, others say then the health, health aspect of it, I think it'd be the best thing ever happened. I won't lie to you. Yeah, I think, I think myself, there would be uh, definitely a lot of chaos going on. Like you've seen when we had a bit of snow there uh, a couple of winters ago and they, uh, they bulldozed, uh, a little in city west there so uh i think there would definitely would be <laughs> lots of chaos going on and people wouldn't know what how to react and stuff like that but um yeah i think something i i should probably do myself is disconnect uh from instagram and facebook and all these sort of things more often and i try and put a lot of the the whatsapp groups i'm in uh on silent to be honest with you not this group though i'll keep the what the two hands in the hurl uh, group i'm always uh, looking to see what's going in there but um <laughs> just as other ones like family groups and just people talking shite and like even especially like work groups like you don't want to be thinking about work when you're when you're not in work you know and even like you know maybe if there's a situation where you're in work and there's like a bad situation happening and someone drops in like you know a snotty message or something like that and then you're like you're thinking about that it's occupying your your brain space for the day you know the way so it's um yeah, it can be uh, definitely, we should all maybe have like a, a day a week or maybe a few hours every day where we just completely and utterly just disconnect and just enjoy life uh, rather than trying to look at it through a lens or look at it, someone else's like perfect life as well. You know, that, that can often happen as well. So uh, 
Yeah, cool. Uh, so we'll move on to our, our high ball topic, guys. High ball. High ball. So high ball is just kind of basically a random topic that you don't know about beforehand for anyone who doesn't know for, for Stevie, if you haven't listened to the episodes before. So um, this one uh, came across a thing I've seen as well where it was uh, Trump said that he'd love to fight uh, Joe Biden uh, in a boxing match and he reckoned he would, uh, he would knock him out. It would be the best knockout ever, I think he was saying. Um, so my question to you guys is, do you think it would be uh, good fun to have uh, some Irish politicians sorting out some of their disputes in the ring? Uh, would that be uh, something you'd like to see? Um, I know I'd like to see Mary Lou, not that I have any political affiliation with Sinn Féin or any of them, to be honest with you, but I just think that Mary Lou would be able to, she'd probably take down Michal. I think he's got, he looks like he's got a bit of a glass jaw, the same way Eamon Ryan. Uh, but I think if she was to fight, if she was to fight Leo, uh, Leo Radker in a fight, I think what would happen is Leo would just hang in in the fight and then someone would distract the referee and Pascal Donahue would come in with a chair WWE style to Mary Lou and knock her out. I think that's what would happen. So is there uh, any politicians you'd like to see fight guys or do you think uh, Joe Biden and uh, Trump should settle their beef uh, in the ring as well? What do you think, Teej? Um, I was just thinking there the minute you mentioned Pascal Donahue, Mario Rosenstock with Ballymun Pascal. That'd be fucking hilarious. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the fight, actually, you might laugh at this. It'd be Joan Burton and Mary Lou MacDonald. Now, I know Joan Burton isn't a TD anymore, but I knew her from working with her a few years. Uh, i a lot of PR there for a few years ago. Um, but yeah, Mary Lou and Joan Burton. And the reason why it'd be just a trash talk before it. It'd be just, yeah. it'd be just hilarious, like... Um, Actually, another one now, the, you have to take away the age gap with people, but I'd love to see Willie O'Dea against Michael D. Higgins. I think <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be good now, actually. Uh, but you'd be hoping Willie O'Dea wouldn't pull out a, a gun or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think and, Michael D. gave him a good lash, though. <laughs> I think so. I know Michael D. is... Uh, I'd know... Uh, I would have met Michael D. a few times now, and... Uh, yeah, I say he he fierce nice person, but I say if you mess him up the wrong way, he wouldn't take it now. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's another one now. Um, It'd be a little bit of a pocket rocket, the same as uh, same as Davy Fitz to have kind of small man uh, small man syndrome. He'd be quite aggro. I'd say Michael D. If you got him going, I think, yeah. I think into the ring with these two dogs. What song would he walk onto though? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some. Uh, like Irish poets or something, probably probably we uh, Michael D. I'd say would that be good? And you could get McGregor to promote all these fights. It'd be good. I think you know we should like you know the way they have like the purge uh, where they, like anything goes for twenty four hours. Maybe should they should just have like uh, you know white collar box night and just get all these politicians to to settle their uh, disputes. Uh, what do you think, Stevie? Who would you like to see uh, face off? Yeah, I, obviously, <laughs> I didn't think to prepare any of this, but uh, yeah, I like what you're saying, but I think we should take it internationally because we shouldn't be fighting ourselves. I'd like to see maybe Nick Wallace in his pink sleeve in the future. <laughs> uh, versus England and stuff like that. That 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 could be good fun now, taking it internationally because I reckon a lot of our lads would uh, they do well. I don't I don't like to look at the French. There a lot of them are smaller and you know they wouldn't. Like what the fella who had to wear the the heels in his shoes for years, 
president, they're cozy, was it? They're cozy, was it? They're cozy, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to do much, is he? And like Germany are going to send in a woman with Angela Merkel, she's not going to do much either. So let's be honest, like Nick Wallace. I think Nick Wallace would beat them all, you know, with his pink sleeveless smoking <laughs> like, And uh, yeah. What about Putin versus Michael D, maybe? Ooh, yeah, that'd oh. be good. Putin. Um, I, I reckon Putin would win. I'm sorry, <laughs> Yeah, he would win, or like Michael D would have a very uh short lived win, I'd say, if, if Putin lost. Do you know, yeah. do you know who you'd have to send out there? The two Healy Rays, yeah, <laughs> now especially oh. Danny. Like, you just could imagine the, the trash talk Danny would do before, though. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> the Ali style winding people up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's he he just go off now I have great respect for for him. I think they're absolutely hilarious. I mean, they're they're funny without trying to be funny and that's that's the but I'm trying to think who did I'd actually like to see the Healy Rays fighting say America now. They'd I be, said you like the hacksaw, the Jim Dogan or what was the twins' names in wrestling years ago? The two Hacksaw Oh Jesus! I can't remember her name. That was a just in my mind. Oh, just two different kind of the Hardy brothers, or was there uh... something brothers? Wasn't it? That's who they'd be like. Yeah, they've gone out there to fight. Well, Shawn Michaels, the Michaels brothers, was there two of them or something? That's right. I'm not sure. The Legion of Doom was another two. They were Dumerton twins. They were other. I can't remember. Gone off. Gone off top. They'd be an unreal tag team to heal the race, though. Yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd get the roads built while they're at it as well. Serious outfit they are. Um, oh, definitely. Be bringing over a few for cataract surgery as well. But they're like the Taliban down there, you know. It's yeah, yeah. And um, I don't think anyone's ever going to like go up against them, really, are they down there and, and be taken seriously? I think they'll get everybody's vote for the next few years down there. They're Taliban, Taliban rules down there. That's yeah. it. And uh, did you reckon uh, Trump would uh, knock out Biden, or would Biden take him over over the distance, uh, TJ? I say Biden. I say Biden would kill him. Because yeah. but Trump is like he's six three, two thirty, two forty. He'd have the weight weight advantage, would he? Ah, uh, yeah, but he'd be as awkward as fuck. Did you ever see him hitting a golf ball? <laughs> no. It's like he's using a slashers. Like I mean, it's no Trump. I reckon sorry, Trump would be caught in the one good punch he'd get. He'd knock him out. I'd say. Ah, uh, yeah, but it'd be effort of doing it though. <laughs> I mean, say, his hair be flying everywhere though. I I'd be I'd be worried about Trump with the walk into the ring, not to mention doing anything in the ring like. But do you think though with Trump with all the fake tan he has on that any sort of punches would just kinda of slide off him, you know the way? He'd <laughs> just me up, him. <laughs> <laughs> Grease me up, Lassie. <laughs> what do you reckon, C V? Do you think uh, Biden would take uh, Trump or what do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of Irish in Biden, so he might look the real deal, but I think he'd take a lot of slaps. He'd take a lot of slaps, and I think Trump would tear himself out throwing the slaps, and then. But he's a Mayo man, so can he really win? I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a GA match, anyway. Not a football final, anyway. He won't be found wanting for trying anyway. I think he'll take him in the end. Yeah, Trump. Trump's diet was uh, exposed, wasn't it, during the election? And um, I think he's a, a cheeseburger and coke fan. All night they were saying he's a uh, sense for cheeseburgers and stuff. So I don't think he's too healthy to say like I'm fighting that knock him near the end. A little bit of a, uh, you know, he'd take a lot of slaps for us, let Trump turn himself out, and then a little bit of an uppercut and leave him on his arse. And that'd be the game over then. So, yeah. Well, It'd be a good fight to have in Doonbeg sometime, you know, uh, do an open air uh, fight with them in Doonbeg would be good. A yeah. clear air session. Clear air session. 
cool guys good stuff good chats as always uh thanks for joining us again stevie so uh fair play and well done on the first episode fair play to you Lads, I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, good, good old crack. Well, well done, and, and congrats as well on uh, having that many episodes for Petty. Yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, good as always, chatting TJ. Yeah, I know it was a pleasure, and thanks a million, CV. It was great, and uh, especially when it was an all Carrick Shock podcast as well. You can't all get Carrick better Shock. than that. <laughs> <laughs> cool, good stuff, guys. And uh, for anyone who wants to uh, follow us, uh, you can get us on Facebook or Instagram, and obviously. Listen to podcast uh, on Spotify and Acast. Okay, so have a good one, guys. Be good. Thanks a million. Good chats. Good. Good bye, luck. Bye, bye, bye. Good luck. Bye, bye, bye. Good bye, luck. Bye, bye.